Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again coming to you in your living room, uh, your vehicle, however it is you watch, listen. could be on your iPad, your computer, however it is. Praise God. It's always an honor and a privilege to bring the Word of God to you. And believe me, we're honored that you're connecting with us, watching and listening. Praise God. This actually is my 20th service uh, preaching to an empty room. Believe it or not. Now, of course, we got a lot of other internet, or pardon me, a little uh, uh, video stuff that we do. But, uh, but as far as the the services, this is our 20th service. So, how about that? Now, I'll be very glad when this is over with. I imagine, like many of you, praise God. I know uh, even this morning you had a few little frustrating moments just because of this whole thing, and uh, so your pastors. Uh, right now, getting his head right, his heart right, and his mouth right, praise God. So anyway, it's good to have you today. So let's move right in to our offering time since it is a Sunday service. So let's do that. And uh, I'm going to come at, uh, at you with uh, Hebrews 11 and verse 4, please. Hebrews 11 and verse 4 it says, By faith... Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it uh, he being dead still speaks. Now, um, what we've been doing over the last, you know, probably the last few months here with our offering time has been talking about staying connected to God's economic system, amen, and just little principles, little things you can do that just keeps you connected. And uh, today I'm going to just talk about, really, about, uh, you know, giving your best, you know, giving your best and, uh, you know, giving your all, so to speak. Um, that was the difference between Abel and Cain. You know, Cain off, also, also offered a sacrifice, uh, uh, an offering, I mean, an offering, and uh, it wasn't accepted. Well, part of it was, you know, he's given second skimmings, you know, he's, he's not given off the top you know, so to speak. He's not given his best. You know, he was just uh, given whatever, you know, and that's kind of how he went into it, you know. It's just, it is what it is, you know. Well, that ain't how we do, uh, you know, our gifts and how we do our, our tithes and offerings. That's not how it works. We, we learn to give our best. We give our all, praise God. This is as unto the Lord, praise God. And so I just encourage you, you know, whether you're giving your tithes, your offerings today, whatever it is, uh, you're giving online, however, however it is you're doing it, praise God. Uh, just purpose in your heart, to give from the heart, amen, with a right attitude, a right heart, amen, giving your best, praise God, uh, and I guarantee you, uh, it becomes a well-received gift, a well-received offering, praise God, hallelujah. So if you're there and you have your, uh, your check in hand, praise God, your point of contact, praise the Lord, let's uh, pray over this, amen, I want to believe God with you concerning your, uh, your harvest, concerning your uh, you know, the, the blessing in your life. So let's pray. Father, we just give praise and glory once again. Thank you for the people of God and their willingness to honor you with their increase, to honor you, Lord God, with their substance, to give, hallelujah, of, of what comes into their home. Lord, for those tithing today, we stand on the promises that the windows of heaven are open over them. Hallelujah. That the, you're pouring out such blessing that it overtakes them. It overwhelms them, praise God. More than enough, praise God. That they're blessed coming in and blessed going out. 
blessed in the city, blessed in the country. Praise God, blessed in their homes, blessed in their fields. Lord, everything they touch prospers and succeeds. Praise God, they're the lender and not the borrower. So Lord, I thank you for the debt cancellations, debt eliminations, early payoffs, all that you're working right now on their behalf, praise God, making them the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. We thank you for these promises. We thank you, Lord, that when we give, it does come back to us. Press down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto us. And Father, we thank you all grace abounds toward us, that we always have all sufficiency in all things, and we have an abundance for every good work, praise God. So I thank you, Lord God, for the faithfulness of your people. Praise, giving their best, hallelujah, giving with a right heart, a right attitude, hallelujah. And so we thank you for our harvest. We thank you for our inheritance and the fullness of the blessing. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Once again, we're going to open up the Word of God and come at you with a principle of God. We've been talking actually a lot about kingdom principles, these principles that, uh, you know, can make you or break you, so to speak. You know, they're just the simple things, you know. Um, really, in all honesty, it's like uh, Christianity 101, you know, as far as I'm concerned, because they're just the basic things that, that we need. Last week, of course, we talked about uh, gratitude, the power of gratitude and what it means to remain grateful, praise God, to express gratitude. And I'm going to, um, before this is over with today, I'm going to kind of tap back into that a little bit because of where we're going today. Um, but we're going to kind of let this thing build. I'm going to talk about focus today. I'm going to talk about proper focus, all right? And that'll kind of make sense too as they get into part of this. So we're going to first and foremost start with Hebrews again. Hebrews chapter 12 this time. Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to start with a common verse. Um, and really, some of these texts we're going to use today, just kind of in, in moving through it, uh, be some texts we know. Um, but uh, I want to get to somewhere today. I got, got something I want to finish with, finish strong on this thing. Um, and I got clarity on what I need to do with that. So a lot of this is going to be building up to that moment, okay? So Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight, okay, every burden, every hindrance, right? Come on. Every weight and the sin or offense which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, we all have a race to run. No matter who you are, no matter what your, uh, you know, where you're at, you know, what, what you're calling, you're gifting, no matter whether you, you feel like you're called to the ministry or not called to the ministry, whether you're you're driving truck or you're working being an electrician or whatever it is, we all still have a race to run in God. Amen. And there's only one way you're going to get that done right, and that is to stay focused on the Lord. Amen. To have proper focus. All right. Verse 2 tells us that, right? Looking unto Jesus. In other words, the way we run our race and run it right, okay, is looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, amen, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. So that's, uh, that's what it says here in the New King James. Now the Amplified brings something out about this word uh, in verse 2 here. It says, looking away from all that will distract unto Jesus, right, the leader or who is the leader and source of our faith. All right, so we're seeing two things here, uh, to look, and then it talks about distractions, okay? Now, the word look 
just means to consider attentively, amen, and to focus upon, all right? Now, the word focus, let's go ahead and define that. It means a point of concentration. It means a center of interest or to direct attention upon. And really, that's kind of a key thing. So, then, you know, sometimes you got, you got to think about who, who has access or who has, uh, you know, who owns your attention or what maybe uh, has your attention, okay? That's a key thing because sometimes that's, sometimes that's a problem. We're not moving forward in God, not, not really running the race right because our attention has been diverted, okay? And as it says in the Amplified, looking, it says here, looking away from all that will distract. And really that's the key because when you talk about looking unto the Lord, amen, you have to understand that if you're going to look unto something, chances are you're looking away from something else, all right? And that's a key when we're serving God, okay, a key in running this race. It isn't, it's not just the fact that we're looking unto Him, but it's the fact that sometimes we're not focusing on anything else, okay? We're keeping ourselves from being distracted, okay? The word distracted, okay, means divided attention. There's that word attention again. It means crowded mind, amen? So it's talking about here, you know, if we're, if we're talking about, you know, staying focused and not distracted, amen? It's just, it's just about, you know, keeping uh guarding where your attention is. I'll just leave it at that. So what I want to do, um, we're going to first just look at some things that create distractions. Let's look at that and then move into what we have for you today, all right? So we're going to go to Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, all right? Listen, if the enemy can't distract you, he can't destroy you, all right? Just keep that in mind. So, because that's really what he looks to do is distract you because you're supposed to be looking unto him or focused upon him. What he tries to do is get you distracted so you're looking at something else, all right? And then the next thing you know, you're not running your race right. You end up in the wrong place at the wrong time. You're not hearing right. You're not running right. You get caught up in things that you say you never get caught up in again, and there it is, and now we're doing it again, all this kind of stuff, all because... We didn't stay focused. We didn't have proper focus. In other words, we're not focused on the right thing. All right? So anyway, praise the Lord. So let's look at some, some different dis, uh, distractions here. We're going to go another common text, Philippians 3, verse 12. It says this, Not that I have, our, uh, have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, it's, again, it's just talking about that race you're running. If I'm going to finish this thing, all right, there's, there's something that's going to have to happen here, all right? Be, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, all right, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, what it does here is it's talking about, you know, finishing this thing, right? Going after the prize, pressing toward you got to press to, obtaining all that you've been called to obtain, all right? But there's a key here, all right? Not focusing, all right? Not, not focusing on your past, not being distracted with your past, all right? See, verse 13 brings out, there's one thing I do, right? I, I'm willing to forget the things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. That becomes a distraction. It's hard to run your race when you're constantly staring in the rearview mirror. 
okay? Now, there ain't, sometimes there's a, there's a time to glance back and look and when you're uh, taking heed to things and you're looking and reevaluating your walk and things. But, man, a lot of people just get wrapped up in their past and they're too busy back here trying to repair their past instead of preparing their future, all right? Too busy back here trying to fix everything that really, quite frankly, you probably can't fix anyway. So it's just better to move forward, amen, move toward what you can change, amen. Don't get so wrapped up in everything behind you. It's just, it's just a key. A lot of people don't run their race because they're too busy being upset about something that happened yesterday, yesteryear, yesterdecade, depending on what it is. Now, again, we're not condemning anybody, but we're just saying, if you're going to finish this thing, you're going to do it right, then you're going to have to stay focused on the right things. All right, let's look at another one, praise God. We'll go to 2 Timothy. Try to scoot through these as quick as I can, just for the sake of uh, uh, where we want to get to today. So 2 Timothy. Hallelujah. Now let's look at um, verse 4 now. So, pardon me, 2 Timothy 2, verse 4, please. All right. No one engaged in warfare entangles, okay, or involves himself, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. No one engaged in warfare, in other words, doing what they're, you know, the military com- campaign is what it's talking about here, but we're, you know, we're in the army of the Lord. So in a sense, it's talking about the same thing, okay? We could say, you know, maybe take a little liberty here, but really talking again about finishing your race, okay, doing what you're supposed to be doing, all right? Well, if you're going to finish what you got to finish and do what you're supposed to do, then you can't allow yourself to get, as it says here, entangled, okay, entangled, weaved or entangled, okay, in the affairs of this life, all right? Now, the word affairs of this life just means practical matters, practical matters. Well, I mean, that doesn't sound like anything bad. It's just the practical matters, the things that we have to deal with day in and day out, all right? And if you don't watch it pretty soon, see, we're so focused on the practical matters, all right? Now, listen, that we're not focused on the right things. So that becomes then a distraction, okay? Again, it could be stuff dealing at home, family things, business things, jobs, the children, all the things that we have to deal with day in and day out. But if you don't watch it pretty soon, that's all that has your attention. And now you're hindered in your walk. You're hindered in your, your uh, you know, this, this race that we're called to run. You're not, you're not, in a sense, bearing your cross, so to speak, and doing the things you should be doing. We get so caught up because we're distracted with just practical matters. And it happens. It happens. I was thinking about uh, this um, this topic about focus. You know, when you when you look at focus, or when you deal with focus, um, your your uh, your gurus that that uh, you know the you know motivational speakers and all these guys that uh, say you know the ten things that that cause you to succeed and and there's you know some of these are saved and some are not you know but I have a you know I, I always enjoy kind of reading uh, you know a lot of their materials and see what they have and I notice that for the most part most of them agree okay and uh, because quite frankly what works is 
is usually scriptural. It's, it's a spiritual principle that works. And they all agree on this one, that you got to stay focused. Okay? you got to stay focused. Even our own president, I read some of his literature before he became president, and he just uh, he made this statement. He says, he who focuses the longest wins. Well, hasn't he proven that out? <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Bruce Lee, of course, uh, uh, you know, uh, athlete and, and actor, you know, uh, he he's, refers to being a successful warrior. And this is what he says. A successful warrior is just an average man with laser-like focus. All right. Laser-like focus, you know. So, men, you could do you can do great things. If you just stay focused on what you're supposed to stay focused on. All right. All right, let's go to Matthew 14, please. Matthew 14, all right. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. I was thinking, uh, let's see, one of those gentlemen that, uh, what's his name, Tony Robbins, I think is another gentleman out there that, uh, you know, we've got a lot of things to say about this. And he says this, that your life is controlled by what you focus on. If you focus on your potential, Amen. Guess what? You succeed. But many times people focus on their limitations. All right. So we're called to focus on our potential instead of our limitations. Now, hang on to that because here we go. Verse, uh, I'm going to go to verse 28 of Matthew 14. Now, what's happening in context? Uh, Jesus stayed back to pray, sent the boys on ahead. They, of course, uh, you know, got in their boats, heading across the other side and, and, uh, you know, Jesus gets done praying, okay, there's no more boats, whatever, so he starts walking across the water, okay, a great miracle, right, walk across the water. Of course, now the boys are out in the middle of the, uh, of the you know, out in the middle of the water out there, there are storms going on, and they're, they're kind of struggling to get across, and here he comes now walking on the water, okay, and so it, it you know, they all get a little bit uh, uh, freaked out about what they're seeing here, and he explains to them it's, it's him, all right, and that's where we're going to kind of take up the story here. And uh, verse 28 says this, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, Come, right? So there we go. So Jesus told, told Peter to come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now here he is walking on the water. Phenomenal miracle. All right? So he's now doing the same thing. He's out there on the water, uh, you know, heading toward Jesus. But when he saw, talking about Peter, when Peter saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Amen, Lord, save me. All right? Now, common story, most of us know this, but the only thing, the only problem that he had, here he is doing a great, glorious thing. And really, to be honest, walking on the water is just a, a, really a sign to all of us. It's just about doing the impossible. Because we would all look at that and say, well, that's impossible for anybody to walk on the water. Well, all that impossibilities are is that which is seen as not possible or thought as not obtainable. That's what the, how it defines impossible. That which is what seen as not possible or thought as not obtainable. So, you know, it's to us, it seems or looks impossible, okay? So it, it really kind of is, right? Walking on the water. All right, but here he is now walking on the water, doing, amen, well, in a lot of ways, some guys have even said, well, really what he's walking on is the word that Jesus said, you know, come. So he's walking by faith, walking on that. But here he go. Here's the problem, right? He gets distracted, all right? 
He's, he's not looking at Jesus now. He starts looking around. He starts getting more focused on the storm, more focused on the issue, more focused on the problem, more focused on, uh, you know, all the, the pressures out there. Okay, that's, that's you and me. Remember, this, is a, this all speaks to you and me. Okay, so we got storms, things brewing, things happening, this going on, that going on. You see, what happens, we get distracted. We get caught up in this. Next thing we know, that's all we're staring at. You know, this whole pandemic thing, you know, became one of those deals where everybody got so focused, this, and focused, and, and, and they got their eyes off Jesus. Now keep your eyes on Jesus, right? Run your race, amen? Yeah, there's something brewing. Yeah, there's something going on that shouldn't happen. Yeah, some decisions that were made that we wish weren't made or some things went down that we wish wouldn't have went down. There were things that happened that I, I don't like, okay? Things that I, I, didn't, I didn't like to have to deal with either, all right? Uh, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't happy about all that stuff either. But, you know, you got to stay focused. And like I tell you all the time, you got to keep your head right, your heart right, and you got to keep your mouth right, all right? And sometimes that's a challenge. But I guarantee you, if you don't stay focused on the Lord, you're not going to keep your head right, you're not going to keep your heart right, and you're not going to keep your mouth right. That's just a fact. So here we have a storm brewing, and, and he's more caught up in that. He begins to sink. All right. We all know the story. And I believe with all my heart that when he yelled out, you know, the Lord caught him. And, and I believe that he didn't have to drag him back to the boat. I believe he got back up on top and walked back to the boat. But the bottom line is here he is doing the impossible because he's focused right. But once he lost his focus and got distracted, he's no longer doing the impossible. That's just something to think about. All right. All right. Praise God. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Hopefully we're moving along with this decent time here. Luke chapter 10, another common text here. Remember Martha? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's see here. I'm just going to see. read verse 40 um, of Luke 10. Luke 10 and 40 says, But Martha was distracted with much serving. All right. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Now, of course, Jesus, you know, uh, you know addresses her, Martha, Martha, right? That's where we get to, you know, you're worried and troubled about many things, right? But, but Mary chose the one thing, the right thing to do. Well, what was Mary doing? Well, Mary was in the other room focused, okay, on the right thing, all right? She wasn't distracted with the much serving. Now, even when you stop and you think about this much serving, it's, it's probably not a bad thing. I mean, uh, you know, the Word talks about, you know, being a servant, serving the Lord and serving as unto the Lord and, and everything. It wasn't like she was doing anything bad. The problem was she was distracted with it, okay? She was distracted. Even sometimes we can get so distracted with doing good. And I hope you hear this, okay? We're not, we're not telling anybody to stop serving or to stop doing what's right. Okay, I've found that if you learn to just stay focused on the Lord, the serving actually gets easier. And if you really stop and you look at it, it obviously wasn't real easy for Martha. She was all stressed out about it. In fact, if you study that out, this is exactly what it was. She got stressed out, and now everything was bugging her. Everything was upsetting her, all right? I mean, it was upsetting her enough that she went in there and interrupted Jesus as he's talking. I mean, you stop and think about that. That, ain't, that don't sound real smart to me. But she went and did it anyway because she, she was so focused on, you know, doing something else, right, instead of being focused where she should. In other words, she didn't have proper focus here. She was distracted with the much serving. 
Are you hearing me today? All right. Let me uh, give you some more uh, statements here. Zig Ziglar makes a statement. He says this. He's talking about uh, one of the number one problems. He said one of the number one problems is not the lack of time. He says it's the lack of focus. He says we all have 24 hours in the day. It's not the lack of time that's our problem. It's the lack of focus. If you, and he said this, the main focus is to remain focused. Okay, the main focus is to remain focused. And one gentleman said it this way, he says, to win, focus must be, is a must. If you want to win, focus is a must, all right? Just some things that you need to hear on this. I was thinking about this. I'm going to kind of go down some of my notes here, but... Um, George Lucas, who was a, a, a producer, and uh, a lot of you remember Star Wars and things like that. He was a big part of that. And, uh, but he makes a statement in, in some of his writings. He says that our focus determines our reality. Now, I just thought that was interesting. I was going to kind of use that a little later, but our focus uh, determines our reality. Now, the reason I brought that up is because Mary, think about Mary, uh, probably Martha, I meant, um, and, and she, she thought it was okay to go in there and interrupt Jesus, okay? She got distracted, and then that determined her reality. She thought she was justified to walk into the other room, interrupt Jesus and something he's saying, to basically get on him to get on her sister. See, that was, that, she, thought that, she thought she was justified. See, sometimes what you focus on determines your reality. I thought that was a pretty good statement, all right? Because a lot of times we think because of everything we're going through and because we're focused on everything that's happening around us, we think we're justified in some of our thoughts and some of our, our words and, and how we process things. And, and pretty soon we're caught up talking and doing things that we wouldn't normally, uh, wouldn't normally say. I mean, if you were more focused on the things of God, you, you probably would never say that. You would have never even thought that. You would have just moved right on, wouldn't even, wouldn't even gave heed to it. But see, sometimes, see, you get focused on the wrong thing. So in other words, we get distracted from the right thing. Are you hearing me? Now listen, if you get focused on the right thing, the Lord will take care of the wrong thing. That's just a key to keep in mind. Stay focused on the right things. If you're going to finish this race, you're going to do this thing right, you've got to stay focused right. All right, praise the Lord. All right, let's go to Mark 4. Let's look at another one here, Mark 4. Mark 4, and I know I'm kind of speeding through some of these uh, uh, stories, but I'm doing that on purpose because of where I want to get to. Mark 4, uh, talking about the sower, uh, sowing the word, this whole text here. And um, uh, I'm going to come down here just for sake of time, uh, talking about the, the, the word sown among thorns. It says this in verse 19. Of Mark 4, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and then it becomes unfruitful, all right? Now the Amplified in verse 19 uh, says this, through the distractions of the age. In fact, if you study that out, it's actually talking about mostly about business matters, okay? And that's kind of, if you kind of look at that verse, it kind of does, that's what it's kind of dealing with, okay? So sometimes you can get distracted with business, Okay, that again, it may not necessarily be all bad things. It's just that sometimes we get more focused on the business at hand instead of being focused on the Lord. 
And so what happens is, here we are again, we're caught up now. Everything's now, the pressure's pretty soon. You don't watch it. You're out there trying to do everything in your own strength, your own abilities, your own power. And the next thing you know, you're stressing out. You're all worked up. Now, this particular text talks about that that comes in now, that word that's supposed to be landing in the heart and doing, producing something now has gotten hindered, got choked out because all this other stuff now that has entered in is now uh, choking you out. So we can, we can use that as the same thing, okay? How are you going to move forward in God if you're constantly distracted with even the business matters, all right? Again, Nothing wrong with carrying on business. Nothing wrong with your business ventures and the things that you do, your job. All this involves in that, right? You're, you're wanting to, you know, bring home the bacon, so to speak, you know, to make sure the bills get paid and the kids got clothes on their back and food on the table and make sure that you're, you're driving something decent or you got a place to park that thing. And you, what, uh, nothing wrong with any of that. It's all wonderful, praise God, and necessary in most cases, right? But the problem is, see, sometimes we get more distracted with business matters, okay? So pretty soon now, our race is now is getting affected. Our walk is now being tainted, okay? We're not hearing right, seeing right, thinking right, okay, talking right. And that's just all because we get distracted, all right? So praise God. Uh, here's a couple uh, more of Steve Jobs made this statement. He says, sometimes focus is all about saying no. That's, that was a pretty good statement. I know what he's talking about when he's dealing with business matters. Otherwise, you know, sometimes you just get so caught up. You, you know, from the time you get up, the time you go, go to bed, man, it's just bam, 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 everything hitting you. Everything, you know, is going on. And somewhere along the line, you got to say no to something, okay? The problem with that, most people are saying no to the Lord. Most people are saying no to church or no to the word, no to the prayer time, okay? So what happens now, see, it's distracting you from what you should be focused on. Are you with me? All right, praise the Lord. Sometimes the key to concentration is elimination. You know, if you're going to do this thing right, sometimes it might be a few things you may have to just put on the back burner for a bit, all right? That's just the facts. Jesse Duplantis makes a statement. He says, focus eliminates confusion. Focus eliminates confusion. Because sometimes that's just it. We got so much going on before long, we got everything pressing on us, and now we're all wrapped up, confused on what we need to be doing, and pretty soon you're, 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 you're putting more attention into what you shouldn't be putting your attention in and vice versa. One uh, gentleman, I can't even remember where I got this, but years ago uh, it was said this, that plan B has a tendency to distract us from plan A. And that's a fact, okay? Plan B uh, has the tendency to distract us from plan A. Pretty soon, you know, you're, you're looking at all your other options, and next thing you know, instead of just stay focused, amen, stay locked onto the things of God and move forward, praise God, amen. Let's go to James 1. Let's look at this. James 1, praise the Lord. I hope you're hearing this today. James 1, verse 13, says this, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Uh, for God cannot be tempted by evil, uh, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Now, I just, wherever it's worth here, all right, I've had a lot of people say, well, the Lord, the Lord did that, or the Lord, uh, you, know, uh, you know, 
did this and that, so it created, caused me to do this. No, 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 wait a minute. Be cautious what you blame on God, what you put on the, you know, you know, on the doorstep of the Lord. You know, be cautious about that. Because a lot of times it isn't that the Lord's doing anything, okay? The problem is, you see, is we're, we're getting distracted. Now, hang on, okay? So, verse 14 now. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away, see, or distracted, right? By his own desires or his own longings <clears throat> and enticed. Literally means to be deluded or deceived. All right, remember... If, if Satan cannot deceive or cannot uh, distract you, he can't deceive you. If he can't deceive you, then he can't destroy you. I mean, this just, it's just kind of how it works, okay? Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Now, the point he's trying to make is this. It all started with a distraction, okay? We didn't just wake up one minute and sin. Okay, uh, you know, and it didn't just all of a sudden uh, create all this hell in your life. Okay, it all starts with distractions, and then it then it builds. You got distracted. Now all of a sudden, you know, you're enticed. Next thing you know, it's pulling you this way. Now you're making some choices and decisions. Why? Because your head's not right, your heart's not right, your mouth's not right, and pretty soon you're 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 saying, doing, thinking. Uh, different than you, and then you would if you would have been focused on the things of God. Next thing you know, you're yielding to something you wouldn't normally yield to. Or you yield to something you said you'd never yield to. All I'm saying is that's how it works. It works by, it starts with a distraction. All right? You're not focused on what you should be focused on. We knew that in the lives of many people through Scripture, that uh, we see that with Eve. Uh, in Genesis, she got distracted with, uh, with the tree. The word says it was pleasant to the eyes. Uh, Samson was distracted with the beauty of women and judges. Second Samuel, we see David was distracted with the beauty of Bathsheba. First Kings, we see where Solomon was distracted uh, with the allure of his wives. And literally, the word says that it turned away his heart from God. There he is, the smartest man on the planet. Okay? The wisest man on the planet. And yet... He got distracted, and the next thing you know, he's making decisions and choices he has no business making or no business doing. Isn't that something? It just it all starts with distractions. That's how this thing works. Now, Creflo Dollar says this: Our focus determines our weight of importance. In other words, what you give your attention to determines what kind of a weight of importance you give that. That's just something to think about. All right. So my thought is this, why not keep the Lord on the top? Amen. Seek Him first. Always keep your attention on Him. Amen. If you'll do that, the rest of it lays out good. The rest of it actually works better, all right, when you keep the right focus, the proper focus, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, 1 Corinthians, all right, praise the Lord. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And um, one of these verses, um, verse uh, 10 actually, or verse 11, pardon me, is um, a verse that we use in our midweeks. But I'm going to kind of back up here and read a little bit more of this today. And um, because of what I, uh, some things that we said last week, and I want to I tie into something and, and, and kind of add something to that, okay? Because a lot of it deals with focus, all right? 
So what we got going in context is uh, this chapter is talking about the children of Israel, okay? And we're going to just kind of pick up with like verse 5. It says, but with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things became our example, okay? Now, we can learn from their life. Even though there were some things they did that wasn't right, we can learn from it, right? To the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted after, right? And do not become idolaters, as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play, all right? Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted. And that just word there just means to test or to provoke, okay? Now keep that in mind. As some of them also uh, tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all of these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition or instruction or teaching, right? Upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, okay, take heed lest he fall. In other words, don't think that you're beyond this, okay? No temptation has overtaken you except uh, such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, you know, we talk some things here in James 1 and seeing this. Now, there's, there's things out there that tempt you, things that are out there trying to uh, pull at you. Not everybody gets tempted with the same things, uh, but yet it, it's all common to man. Okay, I don't care what your deal is or what your pressure is or what's the thing that you have a tendency to, uh, to yield to or whatever. Uh, but I want to bring something out in this text, okay? Now, he talks about everything from... Uh, uh, from lusting after evil things to idolatry to committing sexual immorality. I mean, these are all things that deal with, you know, things of, you know, the flesh, you know, uh, you know yielding to things. And a lot of times we say, well, that's, that's not me, Pastor. I'm not doing that. Well, praise the Lord, but you might be doing something else. So let me explain this to you. And this is kind of where I wanted to get to today. In verse 9, it says, let us... Uh, nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and, or, or tempted the Lord. It just means to, again, uh, to test or to provoke, all right? But the Amplified brings it out pretty good. The Amplified says this, uh, uh, to not uh, critically appraise Him and exploit His goodness. Critically appraise Him, talking about the Lord, and exploit His goodness. Now, why does it say that? Well, because here's the deal, okay? It, they got critical. So it become a distraction. They got critical. Um, they begin to analyze wrong. They begin to look at something off, okay? They didn't just get critical of the Lord. They got critical of Moses. They got critical, you know, of Aaron. They got, they got judgmental and critical about everything. Okay, and what you're seeing here, okay, is, you know, we can, we can look and say, yeah, you know, eat, lusting after evil things or idolatry or committing sexual, yeah, 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 those people that do that. But, you know, uh, you know we, we may not be doing any of that, but we might be getting critical. We might be, uh, you know, uh, we might even get to the point where we're, we're wondering why God isn't doing what He should be doing. 
Next thing you know, like this is what the, that's what their problem was. They got upset with God. How come God took brought us out here and did all this? How come we're you know where's where's the water? Where's the food? Where's this? Where's that? Everything. They just constantly were were nagging and and being you know upset about everything. And pretty soon they're being critical of God and critical of Moses. I mean, it just went. It just kind of built from there. But it said this. I thought this was a, a pretty good statement there in, in uh, the Amplified when it says. Uh, critically appraise him and exploit his goodness. God is good, and we're we're grateful for the goodness of God. And I guarantee you, you know, you ain't going to hear any other message from from this pulpit other than the fact that God is good. All right, God is merciful. All right, God is forgiving. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord for the blood of the Lamb that was, you know, uh, you know, our redemption as a result of that. But see, what happens is sometimes we, we do that. We critically appraise Him and exploit His goodness. We, we just think, well, you know, it's not a big deal if I'm being critical. It's not a big deal if I'm, I'm passing judgment on somebody or, or something or even on the Lord because, you know, He's good, you know, it's, you know and pretty soon we just, we just kind of take it for granted and not realize that you've opened the door to something. See, that's the problem here with the children of Israel. In fact, you know, if you read the, um, if you kind of go back and you read this, especially most of the stuff is mentioned in like uh, the book of Numbers, for instance, and, uh, you know, it even kind of almost reads like God did this and God did that and God. And really, it's just, it was just their, it was their, their perspective. It was just their, the, the amount of revelation that they had at the time. But see, the new covenant brings it to light, okay? The things that happened to the children of Israel happened because of choices that the children of Israel did, okay? They opened the door to darkness, they stepped out from underneath the, the, the covering or the hoopah, okay? They, they, uh, they dropped. There's some places it talks about dropping the hedge, okay? Their hedge of protection. So what happens now? The serpents come in and they bite. What happens now? The destroyer, all right, has a place, has now, has now have a, a place in your life or over your life because you've stepped out from under your covering. See, it's not God doing these things. It's the fact that we made choices and decisions that opened the door to these things. And that's what he's trying to bring out here about the children of Israel. Because of their criticalness, because of their being judgmental and thus, thus tempting and testing God, all this stuff starts happening. Verse 10 says, nor complain, as some of them also complained, and were then destroyed by the destroyer. So complaining. Not just being critical, but now we're complaining. Man, that's a temptation. That's something I got to keep my head right, too. Keep my heart right. Keep my mouth right. Because you don't watch it. Pretty soon you're complaining about everything. Now, you stop and you think about being critical, complaining. In fact, I'm not sure. I thought maybe the Amplified used a different. I think the Amplified used, said, discontentedly complain. Through discontentment, see, they complained. They, they were, nothing ever seemed right. So complain, okay. Now, okay, we, we kind of all get that. But here's the deal. If you don't want the destroyer, see, that word destroyer means it's really talking about a death. It's talking about the one that comes to ruin, destroy, death, okay. If you don't want any of that mess, 
Stop complaining. See, it's the complaining that opens the door to this. Now, I said all that for this reason, that the only reason you're complaining and the only reason that we're being critical. Now, I'm, I'm saying you, I'm talking about we, right? Let's just let's make it, okay, all of us. It doesn't matter who we are, okay? The only reason we complain or the only reason that, that we become critical of something is because it's what we focus on. What we focus on. There's always going to be stuff out there we don't like. There's always going to be things that don't go the way we wish they would go. But you're a child of God. What we do as a child of God is change it, not complain about it. See, when we sit and focus on the mess, pretty soon we talk no different than the world. We're being critical. We're being uh, judgmental. We're being, uh, you know, we're complaining. We're murmuring, griping. And this is why I said this kind of connects with some things I said last week. Because when you stop and you look about being, you know, having gratitude, it's about staying focused on the Lord. And if you start looking at all the things God has done and doing and the things He will do, when you see you're focusing on the right things, and the next thing you know, you're grateful. But when you start focusing on everything else, now you're grumbling. You got grumbletude. Okay, whatever. But anyway, okay, so you can go one way or the other, all right? Which way you want to go? Do you want the serpents to sneak in and bite? Do you want the destroyer to have a heyday with your life and your family? Well, I'd say no, right? Well, then, you know, get the hedge up, get back under the covering, stop opening the door of that mess. And one of those ways, amen, to keep all that going in the right direction is staying focused on the right things so you're not being critical, you're not complaining, you're not murmuring, you're not griping. Remember, the children of Israel, all this stuff happened based on the choices and decisions they made, which all came down to focus. That's just something to think about. Praise God. Uh, let's go to Matthew 6, please. Matthew 6. And this will be our last text today. Matthew 6. You know, how many know there's absolutely nothing positive about being negative? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, if you don't watch it, it ain't long. You know, when you're looking at the wrong things, it ain't long and you're going to be negative. Okay, you know, I think that one of the things that, uh, that has happened through the course of these last uh, couple months here is, uh, you know, it's, it's just the challenge of staying up, the challenge of staying positive, the challenge of keeping our attention on the right things, okay? And we're finding out, you know, that, that uh, you know, where we're all at in this thing, all right? And some of us, maybe we're not so happy about where we've been or what we've done or what we've said or where our head's gone or where our heart's gone, you know. And, uh, again, we're not saying these things to condemn anybody. Um, but I tell you what, in these, in these moments like this, um, you know, this is where you learn to get anchored. Stay locked on to the Word. Stay locked on to your time spent with God, you know, your, inner, your prayer time, your communion time with Him, you know. Uh, it's just it's it's just becomes more and more critical all the time. You got to stay focused, have a right focus. Praise God, Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's uh, Matthew six, and I'm going to read a couple verses here, uh, verse uh, twenty two and twenty three. And 
Well, let me just read it, and then I've got a statement I want to make here. The lamp of the body is the eye, and if therefore your eye is good, the whole, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness, okay? So let's define it a little bit, okay? Let's define this. Now, as our focus goes, so goes our life, and that's what you're going to see right here, okay? So here we go, the lamp of the body. So what's the lamp mean? Well, the lamp means uh, the candle, the light or illuminator. In other words, it's, it's what lights up the pathway or sets, uh, sets the course. So it says your eye is the lamp. So what you, and, and the word eye here, let me get that, means uh, uh, optic, sight, vision, focus, attention, attentiveness, mindfulness. So he's talking about here, that what you give your attention to, what you keep looking at, becomes now the lamp that sets the course. Okay, the lamp is the eye. So in other words, what you focus on determines where you're going. All right, so get that now. All right, so when it says this, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye is good, okay, single, sound, Generous, some synonyms of that word. It also means all that is good or positive. In other words, the upside. If you, if you're, uh, I just threw that one in. If, if you're going to stay focused on the good, stay focused on the right, on the upside, amen, then if you keep the eye good, all right, then your whole body will be full of light, lustrous, transparent, well-illuminated, bright, sureness. That's what all that means. So you think about this. If you will stay focused on the right things, you got a bright future. Period. Well, you know, Pastor, all this. No, 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 no. No, if you stay focused on the right things, you got a bright future. Pastor, it ain't no, everybody said, no, no. If you stay focused on the right things, you have a bright future, period. But now there's a flip side to that. Verse 23, but if your eye is bad, okay, what's that mean? Well, evil. Some translations even use the word evil here. It means evil in effect or influence. All that is bad or negative. In other words, the downside. Okay, there's always an upside and there's always a downside, right? There's always something positive, something negative. I don't care where you go, what you got going on, what's happening. There's always a lot of negative going on. There's negative everywhere, okay? And times like this, it seems like there's a lot of it, okay? But there's also a lot of good going on, all right? So if you're going to stay focused on the negative, it says then what happens is your body will be full of darkness. That word refers to shadiness or obscurity. It means doom and gloom. Get this, it even means uncertainty. In other words, your future don't look so bright. See, now it's now we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. What, uh, we get, now here's where all the fear and the panic and all this, and now we're making decisions and choices and our words are going, going south here and our, our thoughts and our uh, attitudes and everything just start going in another direction. All right? Now listen. It's based on where you set your eye. It's based on whether to you, you're, you're focused on the good or you're going to be focused on the bad. Now, that's a choice, okay? 
But then it says this at the end of verse 23. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, I thought that new living brings this out pretty good and kind of makes, brings some clarity. And it says this in the New Living Translation, that and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So what he's saying is this. See, sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. We think just because we know the Lord, okay, that this like somehow doesn't apply to us. This is talking to the church. It's talking to you and me. All right? So you may think, oh, no, I'm, I got everything going. Uh, you know, everything's right, and, and uh, you, know, uh, you know, surely it doesn't apply to me. Uh, no, no, this applies to all of us. I thought, uh, you know, something I read in this last, uh, last reference in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, I'm just going to throw this out. I know we already read this, but it said this, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Now, the reason that them references are there, the reason this is saying here is because sometimes or another, we get going along and we just think somehow it just doesn't apply to us. It does to apply to you. See, as your focus is, so goes your life. What you give your attention to determines where you're headed. It determines direction. So if you're going to be focusing on the negative all the time, guess what? It determines, it starts creating something. Murmuring, griping, complaining. Pretty soon now, uh, we've stepped out from under uh, the hedge, or pardon me, under the covering, the hoopah. Our hedge is coming down. We're opening doors to things. We, and pretty soon, here comes the serpent coming in to bite. Here comes the, the, that, that spirit of, of, of the destroy, that death and ruin, the ruiner. Actually, it literally means the destroyer, ruiner. He's coming in to ruin something in your life. And he says, listen, they're examples to us, talking about the children of Israel, to learn from. Why? Because if you think that this doesn't apply to you, you're deceived. And this is what he's saying here. He says, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great. In other words, you might think, well, surely that's not me. I, I, I'm not opening the door to darkness. Well, if, you're, if all you're focusing on is the negative, you're darn right that's what you're doing. You've opened the door. To darkness, you've opened the door to the enemy, all based on what you set your attention on, your focus on. Oh, I hope you're hearing this. Oh, hallelujah. Now, you know, I say you, but I'm, I'm referring to all of this because we're this, boy, I'm telling you what, this is something that we all got to hear, all right? It, it is so easy to get caught up in stuff, and next thing you know, you're distracted, don't even know it. And just because you say amen once in a while and say praise the Lord, pray over your food, and maybe pray with your kid before they go to sleep at night, you think, you know, this doesn't apply to you. But I'm telling you what, you'd be amazed at how this thing affects your life just by giving or allowing yourself to be distracted with all the little petty stuff that goes on. And I'm telling you, in the light of, of all eternity, some of these things that are going on is so stinking petty, and it's the truth, all right? And, and sometimes you just got to be reminded, you know, this doesn't affect heaven. This doesn't affect the kingdom of light. This doesn't affect your God. I mean, you know, your God's still on the throne. He didn't fall off because some virus came to town. Okay? I mean, he, your God is still there moving and flowing. 
and, and you're still a child of God in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, and here you are, you know, got authority and dominion, and pretty soon you forget you have all that. And next thing you know, you're giving in to everything else everybody else is giving in to. You're distracted. And what, what you could be is that person walking out on the water doing the impossible. Instead, here we are now distracted by all the mess. And here you are sinking. Don't even know it. And I thought that's interesting when he said that. How great is that darkness? In other words, if, if, if what you think is light ain't light and it's dark, then you kind of think, okay, now how deep into this are you? You don't need, sometimes it's like, whew, mercy. I mean, we're, we're so far removed. We, we're, we're now calling, we're calling darkness light. We're thinking just because we know the Lord that we're instantly in the light. And that's what he's trying to address here, that, that you've got to understand what you focus on is going to determine some things. So I'm telling you, child of God, stay focused on the right things. Run your race right. And the only way it's going to happen is you're going to stay focused on him, looking unto the Lord, who's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the one that originated. He's the one that are perfected. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He'll show you what to do, what not to do. He'll give you the wisdom uh, from above. He'll give you the strength of the, you know, uh, you know, by the Spirit of God. He's got His Word that will kind of lead you through this and bring everything into a balance and, and, and just give you some good discernment and all the things that you need to make this thing right. So again, child of God, I encourage you, stay focused on the Lord. Stay focused, amen, with proper focus, the right focus, amen, focused on Him. In Jesus' name. Father, I give you praise and glory. Thank you so much for the Word of God today. Thank you so much for the people of God that had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. So I thank you and praise you, Lord God, for a people that are focused on you, focused on the right things, focused on the things of God. Hallelujah. Have their minds set on things above. And Father, I give you the praise and the glory for it. Lord, forgive us for the times that we got distracted with all the mess. But Lord, our purpose and our heart is to stay locked onto you. So Lord God, we make an adjustment. We make a change. We repent, we repent if we have to. Praise God just to get on the right road, to stay focused on you. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. I call you blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.